0: Hello friends. It's your old pal Aria Hawani back with another edition of DC and Hawani. Today we got a lot to discuss from the Paul Brothers to UFC 263 to Biggie Boy. So much to get into. But of course, before we get into it all, a few things I have to tell you about. Number 1, Woj Pod, you know the man. Adrian we were right in the mix of the NBA playoffs. Things starting to get really interesting. Unfortunately, the Knicks are out. But alas, there's so much going on in the world of NBA. So if you want to be caught up on all of it, download and follow the WojPod wherever you get your podcasts. Also, as you know, The Ultimate Fighter is back. You know what's going on. Brian Ortega, Alexander Volkanovsky, fighters vying for that contract. You know the deal. If you listen to this show, you know all about The Ultimate Fighter. It is back each and every week. Debut was last week and you can stream new episodes every Tuesday only on the platform that Chell and I built. ESPN Plus. Sign up now, ESPN Plus.com slash UFC. All right, on to today's show. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy.
1: Now, making their way to the microphone, it's Daniel
0: Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life. On this Monday, June seventh, two 2021, hello again everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani. And DC, we haven't done one of these bad boys in two weeks. Feels like an eternity. But luckily for us and the entire team, no big news has broken. I mean, things have been pretty much status quo. So, there's not that much to go over in our big return show.
1: That's that's not necessarily true. Listen. I penned a letter to my sweetheart, dear Ariel. Why are you leaving me? Don't go. Do you not like me anymore? I don't understand. Like the great group boys to men once said, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Why do you have to go, Ariel? I mean, what am I to do? My half of my heart is gone from ESPN, so I am very, very sad in by the news. But do you not love me? Do you not like me anymore, Ariel? Mm. How
0: could you uh DC, it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Uh for oh, those oh, that uh okay. didn't hear the news. <laughs> uh I am uh I'm leaving ESPN next week. We do have two more shows left. We have one today. We have one next week. And uh, it you know, you know how I feel about you. You know how I feel about this show. And I said this to someone earlier, DC. It, it almost feels fitting in a weird, crazy way that this show was born <laughs> at the very beginning of the pandemic. And now, at least for now, it goes away as the world is starting to get back to normal. Maybe our sole purpose was to give people something to laugh about, think about escape, you know, just do our thing. And now that normalcy has uh, almost resumed. We go back to our separate quarters. But uh, you know how I feel about you and the show and how I feel about ESPN. And the good news is we have one more of these to do. I don't feel like crying at the top of this show and then sitting here and talking to you for uh, 60 or so minutes. I can't believe I'm never going to get to do this show with you in person. So I can't hug you. Will I ever see you again? I don't know. Will I ever get no. to actually touch you and hug you and kiss your forehead? I You'll don't know. It seems You'll crazy. Never- Never been able to you'll it. never, hey, listen,
1: you'll never hug me. I've told you that time and time again. You'll never hug me. And you're right. You know, we came into their lives for a year. It was like, it was like a, a professional wrestler that gets a run at the top for a short period of time. It was like Kofi Kingston becoming the world champion, right? <laughs> and then dropping the belt to Brock Lesnar in 50. We were fast. We shot to the moon and then we disappeared. It was all we had for you was a year, but boy, it's been a great year and it's been fun. So thank you for all that you've done. You're my guy. Also, hey, I, I want to switch topics a little bit. Hey, my son won his first state championship last weekend. So for as disappointed as my Sunday started, it ended a little bit better because little Daniel became a state wrestling champion for the first time, fourth time at the tournament. He didn't place the first time. He was seventh. He was third. And last weekend he won his first championship. So when you speak of normalcy, you should have at the hotel. He was bouncing. He was like, I can't believe I'm at a hotel and getting ready to wrestle a tournament. It was just it brought joy to me to see him acting that way to compete.
0: That is incredible. I saw the picture. That's most important, by the way. Muzzletop, congrats to little Daniel. Walking in his father's footsteps. But the good news is he'll actually <laughs> be better than his father when it's all said and done. I can't wait yeah, like to say so. that I knew him when I he sure was just a little so. tyke. And uh, he's well on his way. Hey, uh, hey. the truth is. Can I finish my sentence for God's sake, no, This wait, is wait, my wait, moment, wait, wait. Daniel. Wait, I Ariel to say wait, Ariel, the wait, truth Ariel. I got wait, tired Ariel. of listening to you breathing wait, in wait. my ear for the last year. Yes, go ahead. Oh. <laughs>
1: hey, breathing into your mouth, breathing into the microphone. Listen, big boy can't breathe up in here. I get tired. You know what I'm saying? Like I get a little fatigued and sit here today opposed to what I was years ago. But you knew little Daniel. When he not only was a little boy, but also did not for a second like his dad as his wrestling coach. Because he goes, his dad scares him in the wrestling room. You remember, the craziest thing in the world. Talk about your children embarrassing you in front of your friends. He goes, he yells at me. You go, do, do you like when your dad's your coach? He goes, he yells at me and I get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it was awful. I really had to change my ways after that. he
0: well, that came as I got to do one of my favorite things at ESPN—the E60 piece on you. But in the end, I'll just say before we move on, uh, to me this isn't goodbye to you or to the audience. It's 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 see you later, and I do think that we will uh, you know cross paths in the future once again, and I look forward to that. But it has been an incredible time for the past year, and it's fitting, DC, because not only is today—and of course, I'd be remiss if I don't wish you and yours a happy VCR day. I mean, who remembers the good old VCR? You mean you pop a VHS and you sit back with your popcorn? I mean, it's just a great thing. Amazingly, Daniel Cormier, tomorrow is National Best Friends Day. How about that? And you know, you always said you wanted to be my friend. Reluctantly, I agreed. Dare I say now? I consider you a best friend. Lord knows if the amount of times we speak throughout the day is any indication of where we are at in our friendship, I think we're best friend status, so uh, I feel like it's fitting that this all comes to an end the day before National Best Friends Day. A reminder, we have one more show next Monday, so we'll do the sappy goodbyes then. For now, though, let's transition to what happened this past weekend. And Daniel, a lot of things happened this past weekend. You still are nowhere to be found as far as UFC events go at the Apex, but... We did have a big event involving some two very large men. Biggie Boy, Jarzinho Rosenstrike defeated the big man. Ooh-wee! What a great win for him. Augusto Sakai finished him with a second left in the first round. That was tremendous stuff.
1: Dang! Did you see Biggie Boy this weekend? I mean, Jarzinho Rosenstrike is a guy that has tremendous power in his hands. Now, he's been in a lot of situations where he can take the next step, and he's always kind of faltered. This was a massive moment for him to get a win over a young guy in Sakai that looked like he was going to be the future of the heavyweight division because he was so young in a division where a lot of the top contenders were older. It was a big spot for Jarzino, a big win. But, you know, when you're ranked as high as he is, those are the wins that you're supposed to get. And he was able to land that right hand, left hook, and it didn't even land clean. If you watch the punch that landed... It almost skimmed across the top of his head, and it dropped Sakai. So it shows you the type of power that Rosa Strike possesses.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, um, I'm not sure about this whole Augusto Sakai was like you know the next Bro, big thing you, at heavyweight. Listen, also, he is. Also, he's I'm 30. 30 no, do you not he's remember? Let's not, not remember, pretend he's 21. Do you not
1: remember? No. No, but do you not remember when Augusto Sakai was fighting and winning all the fights that he did when he first got into the UFC? It's all we talked about. Because you got to remember, the title at the time was me and Miocic, two guys at 41 and 39 years old. All the other contenders were mid to upper 30s. He was a 27, 28-year-old heavyweight that was showing a lot of promise. But he's found himself now on a losing streak. So let's not have, Ariel, revision his history and forget (laughs) that you also was like, hey, This kid has a ton of potential and he could be, hey, in a division where all the challenges are older, this young man can be the future. I can go back to the clips. This is the beauty of working here. We can go back to the clips where you said, strap a rocket ship to the back of Augusto Sakai. This kid's going to the movie.
0: Listen, that. his his best win, his best win, you know, with all due respect, was against Marcin Tybura, who won in the co-main event and who is now on a 5-5 win streak. So that's his best win. Yes, yes. Okay, fair enough. But the guy that you're talking about here is really Jarzino Rosenstreik. Rosenstreich is 33. Yes. Rosenstreich is the guy who I think has the higher ceiling. And I'm not ready, you know, yet, as you said, like, you know, he stumbled here and there in some big spots, but he has won some big fights as well. I'm not ready in this crazy division where you have guys like Derek Lewis who has come back and reinvented themselves and now, you know, potentially fighting for the belt, a guy like Marcin Taibour on a a winning streak. I'm not ready to write off. I feel like a lot of people were writing off Charzino Rosenstrike as no longer being a factor at heavyweight. I'm not ready to do that. I thought that was a really impressive performance. And when you have that kind of power, that kind of striking, you'll always be a factor at heavyweight in my opinion.
1: He will. He'll always be a player because of his ability to finish a fight as fast as he does. But what Jarzino has struggled with is that he can be finished in those moments also. Look, man, the kid has a ton of potential. He's got a great team. Um, I do believe that he has a lot of time, but there are some things that he's got to shore up because you got to remember this fight for as great as it ended. It was not action-packed start. And I know maybe I'm being a harsh critic, but I'm being a harsh critic because I expect a lot out of Biggie Boy because of what he's done, because of some of the bigger wins that he's had over the course of his career. But I thought that was a massive spot, big win. And I thought that calling Curtis Blades out was absolutely perfect because that, once again, if he can win, puts him right in line or on path with the rest of the guys that are fine for championships.
0: Yeah, uh, you stole my point there, that's 100% accurate. In fact, I do believe that's the direction that they'll go in. Before he said that, by the way, check the numbers, check the timestamp, I said Rosenstrike versus Blades is the fight to make, and then check the replies. I mean, the replies on Twitter consistently make me laugh. Everyone's like, stupid fight, stupid fight, stupid fight, because they're thinking Blades got knocked out, this guy just won, but you have to look at the rankings, and you have to look at the fights that make sense given what's going on at the top of division this is the fight. this is the only fight that makes sense Big opportunity for Blades to get back on track after that brutal loss to Derrick Lewis, and it's a big name for Rosenstrike to get on his record in his attempt to become a contender at heavyweight. So that is the only fight to make. There is literally not another. Of course, we have a big fight coming up later on this June, um, you know, this month with Cyril Gunn and Alexander Volkov. The winner of that fight might be ahead of those two guys, considering some of them have met in the past. But to me, that, that is the fight to make. And I would probably favor, correct me if you feel otherwise, I'd probably favor Curtis Blades on that one just because of the wrestling, right?
1: You know, honestly, first off, Aaron, you can't listen to Twitter anymore. Like it's it's yeah, no, crazy what Twitter has become. Twitter has become the most crazy form of social media I've ever been on. But I think what people are doing <laughs> More than is there. Oh, MySpace. MySpace was fantastic. MySpace was when I was in college. You know, so that was a good time to be alive. But listen. I think what people are doing is they're still looking at the UFC from the past. Whenever guys who won fought guys who won. It doesn't work like that anymore. The UFC's kind of gone away from that model. They don't always try to match up people on the same trajectory. They find the best fight, the fight that makes the most sense. But even when you look at Strike and Blades, Blades lost to the number one contender. So you get a Strike if he can beat Blades, maybe he's the number one contender. But Curtis Blades is the type of guy, as you said who would probably be favored to beat Jarzinho. So, you know, it's not as simple as it used to be. The UFC, as the sport has grown, has had to truly uh, do different things in terms of matchmaking. And that's why you see guys in those situations. And you're absolutely right. That fight makes all the sense in the world. And I think that is the fight that we're going to see next. But make no mistake about it, Ariel. Gan and uh, Volkov are ahead of these guys. The one that wins that fight, if Jones doesn't find a way to come to terms with the UFC, the winner of Sorokan and Alexander Volkov will fight for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Um, It makes the most sense, unless Miocic finds a way back into a
0: a trilogy Uh, fight. I was about to say, I was about to say, man, you to the me, disrespect. You tried to give me, you tried I, I to give me. I about to, you, should, nah. you just forgot about Stipe? Like, all of a sudden, Stipe doesn't matter? <laughs> I mean, look, I think Stipe should probably no. fight, because if you, if you think about it, I mean, he's not going to come. I know he's going to have a kid, and, and he wants some time off, but I, I, I do think he should probably fight someone else. But you just tried to, you tried to sweep old Stipe under the rug like that. I thought you guys were no, boys again. All right, I, I get no, it. I
1: didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't try to sweep him under the rug. I just kind of forgot about it. But I do think that it would benefit him to get a fight. But then I think I saw somewhere Dana said Stipe would fight the winner. So uh, that whole point that I made was kind of I mean, this um, is crazy. It, it's it's obsolete, right? It's mute. Stipe Miocic will get the title shot. Yep. He's the greatest heavyweight of I all mean, time. This why
0: would? Wow. Okay. Okay. You just saved it there. This is why people. That little this is why.
1: This is why. This is why people don't like you because you like to stir the pot. You always do this, you do this all the time. This is why people don't like it. This is why everybody tries to beat you up because you're always trying to stir the pot.
0: Okay, uh, I'm just gonna ignore that comment because I know it doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. No one's trying to beat me up, and no one doesn't like me. Uh, Marcin Tybura with a big win. Shout out to him. Five in a row. You got a feel for Walt Harris. Um, started off strong, but then uh, Tybura was able to get the win at 4:06 of the first round. But what about? Like, I mean, talk about a next comeback. For Walt, though, right? What about like, Santiago Ponzanibio? Right? What trying. about Santiago? No, DC. No, no. Santiago Ponzanibio, It's time to talk about him. If you want to go take the reins, you got to show up to the pre-show meetings. All right. Santiago Ponzinibbio is who we're talking about here. The guy hasn't won in two and a half years. Let's give him his due.
1: No, I understand. And it was a great fight. Those guys went to war. But it's like you find guys trying to find answers. What happens when they can't find the answers? Ponzinibbio hasn't gone other places. He has kind of stayed with his team, and he's gotten himself back on track. But when you go back to the fight on Fight Island where Ponzinibbio got knocked out, he was in a very tough fight. For his first time back after a litany of injuries. So it could be expected. When a guy's gone for as long as Ponzinibbio was gone. And he's fighting a guy. Who did he lose to on Fight Island, Ariel? He got knocked out very early. Whoever he... I can't remember who it was. But the guy's so tough. You can almost expect a stumble. I think the guy that we saw fight Beza last weekend. Is the guy that we're used to fighting. Tough, durable. Used, used to being in the fight, right? So he lost to Jing Liang who's a very powerful guy. But he hadn't fought for a long time. Now, he's back in his groove. And the more he's more active, the better he'll be inside the octagon, I believe.
0: I was going to tell you it was the leech, but someone got you first. I didn't want to ruin your flow there. You were flowing. By the way, what's going on with the voice? Every so often, it just seems to crack. (sighs) Is this uh, because of the wrestling tournament this past weekend? Because it feels like you're struggling there.
1: It's the wrestling tournament. Like, Ariel, I'm not trained The pandemic killed me before I could yell for days in a wrestling tournament. Now two matches and my voice starts to go, but it's worth it. It's worth it to go and win a few championships.
0: For sure, it's worth it. All right, well, that was the card. I mean, there were some big performances here and there, some uh, maybe some slow fights, you know, not exactly one for the uh, the year-end highlight reel, but uh, shout out to Jarzinho who ended the uh, the night in a big way, and Marcin Taibura as well. I mean, both those fights could have, you know, been long, slow, you know, prodding fights, but they both ended in the first round, and the Ponzinibbio-Miguel Baeza fight, I think, will be on the shortlist for one of the, uh, the fights of the year come the end of 2021. that was saturday in the world of combat sports sunday was as wacky as can be but before i get to sunday dc and you know what i'm talking about i know you're fired up to talk about this one i know you're all fired up to talk about it as i attempt to pull up and waste some time here because i can't find my ad read sent by my good friend christina here it is all right we're going to talk about sunday in a second so you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, thank you very much, Model. We love them. Now let's talk about Sunday, D.C., Miami, Florida, Pretty Boy Floyd, Money Mayweather returning to action against the YouTube sensation, the social media influencer, the guy who walked out with a Pokemon card around his neck. I mean, just the wackiest of the wacky. Only in America (laughs) do you get a situation like this. A guy with one fight under his belt against the 50-0 Floyd Mayweather who has dabbled in exhibition fights. Of course, we remember in Japan a couple years ago. And in the end, of course, there was no winner because it was an exhibition fight. And in the end, everyone was talking about it on Sunday. Maybe they're onto something here with this, this Sunday night thing for boxing matches Uh, i know you watched it everyone was watching it it was a crazy thing everyone said they weren't going to watch it but in the end my twitter timeline was all about it sports center ig and espn ig all about it i'm just going to throw out like a simple question right off the top what did you make of what happened sunday night in miami between floyd mayweather and logan paul
1: you know jake paul had that pokemon card and the kids loved it Little Daniel was like, dude has a iced out Pokemon card. Like, the Paul brothers are cool to these children nowadays. Wait a um, second. Time, out, a time out.
0: Time out. You just, call, you just called him Jake Paul. It's Logan Paul. You don't know the difference? Uh, They're two separate uh, people. There's an older brother and I a just, younger brother. I, I mean, don't, for God I don't, God's I don't, sakes. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I don't really know. I don't really know the difference between them all that much. But Logan Paul is uh, a hey, kid's an athlete, too, right? The kid wrestled. He was a stud. And you could tell that he took this thing serious because he tried. Way bigger than Floyd. Um, But hats off to him. Floyd's a genius, though, right? Floyd is a guy that is 44 years old. He's 50-0. and When he decides to make a boatload of money, he goes and fights someone that has no chance of beating him, no chance of hurting him, and he gets a ton of people in Hard Rock Stadium and makes $100 million. Like, who can do that? But the reality is this. Floyd Mayweather... As the fight went on, it looked like he actually tried to get the kid out of there and he couldn't really do it because Paul kept grabbing him. Paul kept holding and Paul was able to land eight rounds. That That's crazy. So the winner of the night, if I'm being completely honest, has to be Logan Paul because you went eight rounds with who I believe Daniel Cormier's opinion is the greatest boxer of all time. And Floyd beat him up. Floyd Cruz, but Floyd never hurt the kid. You should have at least knocked him down once, you know, twice to show the level of dominance that you expect from a Floyd Money Mayweather.
0: I have so many thoughts here and I'm looking at some of these tweets. The first thing I would say to all these people and to anyone else who was complaining after the fact, like, what did you expect? Really, what did you expect? This was exactly what we thought it was going to be and then some. And so if you were disappointed afterwards, that's on you. Shame on you because I think we all kind of thought that this would end in a decision, especially once they announced the rules. Obviously, there are weight classes for a reason, right? I mean, there's a 30-pound weight difference between the two of them. They're wearing 12-ounce gloves. It's very hard, no matter how good you are, to knock out a guy who is that much bigger than you. That being said, I do think in in an unofficial stop, capacity, stop, l- l- let me tell stop, you something, let me tell you something, stop. let me, tell you something. No, let me body, tell you something. To the body,
1: area, to the area, before you yes, get too far. Yes, that's what I was just gonna before say. Before you get too far, in to an the body. Unoffic-
0: okay. No, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. In an unofficial capacity, Floyd lost that fight because I believe yes. Floyd Money Mayweather could beat that man and any other guy with a 1-0 record, any other amateur. <laughs> as easily as he wants, as quickly as he wants. Floyd could have put this thing into another gear and knocked this man out with a kidney shot in a a minute, in two minutes. He let him hang around. He carried Logan Paul, and as a result, now we're going to have to listen to Logan Paul and his brother Jake parade around town from now until the end of time, and they've already started it saying they beat Floyd Mayweather, 50 and one for Floyd. So Floyd is laughing to the bank. He doesn't care what I think, what you think, what any one thing uh, he just wants to go to the bank and cash that money and by the way more power to him only in America he's making hundreds of millions of dollars to do that to play fantasy camp DC that was home alone 3 that was the home alone 3 version of Mayweather McGregor <laughs> what I mean by that is we saw the first two movies they were great no one watched home alone 3 it was a a a, a, a blockbuster straight to VHS shout out to VHS once again uh, bargain discount bin movie that no one wanted to watch this was the home alone 3 version of Mayweather McGregor. Mayweather McGregor, we suspended disbelief. We thought for a second that, that Conor could knock him out. Of course, we found out he couldn't. And now they tried to get us again and they got us again. And guess what? It's not a loss for boxing. Everyone was talking about boxing. Stop trying to say that boxing is dead. Stop trying to say that Mayweather's legacy is ruined. No. At the end of the day, they all made money and this will continue to happen. This, by the way, you see, this isn't a bubble. This isn't a thing that is new. This isn't something that these Paul brothers started. This dates back hundreds of years. This We could go back to Ali and Noki. We could go back even before that these these fights will continue until the end of time and we will all continue to watch and they will all make money off of all of us i say sit back relax enjoy the show but if you want to say who won and who lost if you want to raise someone's hand i think floyd lost that fight because he let he let that guy hang around with him and in reality he should have had more respect for himself and he should have finished him earlier in the fight
1: what i was saying to you was that you're right ariel weight classes matter but you could see when Floyd would kind of get close and he would dig body shots on Paul, you could see how much they affected him. He threw one real good left body shot, and you saw Logan Paul grimace and try to grab Floyd. So I feel like Floyd maybe couldn't have knocked him out to the head, but I feel like if he would have made a bigger investment into the body, he would have got that kid out of here a long time ago. I thought after the fifth round, Logan Paul, he wanted to quit, but it was on Floyd to go out there and just give him a little bit more In order to show him the door. And Floyd never did that. I wholeheartedly agree with you. That if there is a winner and a loser in this. It was Floyd Mayweather. Because you don't have a guy. Stand and go eight rounds with you. When you are who you are. Even at 44. It does not happen. Now let me say this. This to me. Is no good. And it's no good for more reasons than one. I truly believe. That when you watch that, right, and you watch Floyd go eight rounds with this kid, this kid didn't fatigue as much as Floyd maybe anticipated. He couldn't get him out of there. When we sent our guy over there to fight in the boxing match against Floyd, our guy fatigued, and that's where he got finished. But it's almost like you watch and, and times you see Floyd fighting him in the way that he fought against Connor. So it does not bode well for floyd but it also makes mixed martial arts look a little bit worse because do you have to question whether or not floyd was carrying mcgregor into the later rounds um and connor fatigued and and this paul
0: kid did yeah there are some who believe that um i i will just add that look floyd his nickname is money mayweather so most importantly, he's very proud of the fact that in his mid 40s now, he's able to make this kind of money and he's still able to catch or capture our attention the way he does. So more power to him there. But I wish he had a little more self-respect. And what I mean by that is this, Michael Jordan, you see these clips of him at fantasy camps. He's playing against 12-year-old kids and he's blocking them and dunking on them. Like this man won't (laughs) allow himself to be viewed as an equal to lesser athletes, right? For some reason, Floyd thinks it's okay to do that. And to me, like the supposed greatest of all time should be above that sort of thing. There are other ways in which you can make money. And, And 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 doing this with someone, and it has nothing to do with YouTuber. Like, I got respect. Like the Paul Brothers, like, hey man, you're doing your thing. I'm not one of these guys who is hating on them, who thinks they're bad for combat sports or anything like that in fact i think that they're they're a rising tide that's lifting all the boats here and also you know for those that don't know like going eight rounds against anyone three minute rounds like that's tough like to have the cardio to do that to have the ability to keep your hands up the way in which he did for you know 24 minutes and all that like that takes skill you need to be an athlete to do that so i'm not trying to disparage them at all but clearly you know Logan has no business going 8 full rounds with Floyd Mayweather for god's sakes no. and that's why I feel like the no L chance. is on him. I'll also just add Jake Paul's a better boxer than Logan Paul. Like who we agree on that? Like Jake Paul and and the the path that he is going with his career and the decisions he's making like the Tyron Woodley fight which we'll talk about later is an appropriate step up for a guy who's 3 and 0. This is all just like freak show fun stuff whatever that Logan well, well, didn't is doing. Logan but if Paul you just like some-
1: Logan Paul lost to another yeah, YouTube KSI. guy. He got beat by another YouTube yeah. guy, but then Takes he went 8 though, rounds with right? Floyd Mayweather. Like, that's bad for Logan Paul to have lost to yeah. a YouTube kid and then to be able to stand 8 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. That's why I said hats off to Logan Paul. Here's another thing about these Paul kids, right? They're training aerial. They're kids with money. They're at the beginning of their careers in boxing, but they're not getting trained by the local guy in their hometown. They're getting trained by high-level boxing coaches because they can pay them. They don't have jobs, so their full-time job is to train boxing. They can do all these things because of the money they've made with YouTube and everything they've done. So there is no knock on these kids. These kids are doing the right things to prepare themselves. It's on the actual fighters to go out there and remind them that they don't belong because for as long as if you're Logan Paul and you just went with Floyd Mayweather, who in the world are you not afraid to fight now? Like, who are you not willing to go in there with if they're smaller than you? Because if you get the right size guy, you know that they can't right. hit hard enough to hurt you. Who are you not afraid to go in there with as Logan Paul? It generates money. well. So any smaller yeah. guy is willing to take the fight. Now, you ain't? he won't go in there with a Canelo because Canelo is going to take his head off is the type of guy that's not going to play with you. Canelo's trying to ruin you. So he'll pick his his battles. But you go eight rounds with one of the greatest fighters of all time, and that's to be commended. But these kids are training aerial. These kids have high-level trainers trainers that are preparing them for actual fights. So if you go in there with those Paul kids, you better be ready to fight or you're going to get yourself embarrassed. But Floyd missed the show, Hawani. Floyd missed the show. Floyd missed the show. He came out with the Migos. He had his crocodile jacket on. He missed the show. So he put himself in a situation where he got to live the show. The people were calling his name. The spotlight was back on him. He made a ton of money against someone that pulled no threat to him. So it was it, it, mm-hmm. the guy's a winner, man, and he knows exactly what he's doing in that regard. But you're right. I his wish he was won, more like but... MJ. Bro, his bank account won. But like Michael Jordan, Ariel, Michael Jordan was on a vacation. And there was a guy playing basketball with him on Pickup game. And he goes, look at YouTube and Google Michael Jordan, boy. And Michael Jordan is freaking just is banging shots on the kid because he does not want anyone to feel like they can compete with him. And I feel like all of our great champions should have that.
0: Yes. Uh, In conclusion, because we could talk about this for an hour, but we have a lot more to discuss. In conclusion, I don't feel, and I think you agree, that this is bad for boxing or the death of boxing and all this stuff. No one is above this. And in fact, this isn't the NBA. It's not like these kids are taking, you know, a roster spot on the Knicks or Rockets from an actual player. You know, there's 15 spots who worked his way up. Like, this stuff lives in a vacuum. It happened on a Sunday night. In fact, Badu Jack, you know, his profile. Was raised, uh, Ocho Cinco was on. Like, no one's losing out here from taking part in all of this. And you can choose to watch plenty of boxing. Wait, wait. Shakur Stevenson is fighting hey. later this. What do you mean? No one is losing out. What are you talking about? Did you know? Did you see Ocho Cinco? Yo,
1: did Ocho Cinco say the most ridiculous thing that you ever heard in your life? Ocho Cinco gets hit in the face, gets knocked <laughs> down, and then he goes in his post fight comment Hey, man, I'm not a boxer. I'm just a fighter. No, Ocho Cinco, you yeah. just fought. <laughs> You literally just fought and got knocked on your face. He felt the most awkward way I've ever seen in my life. I'm a street fighter. I'm just not really a fighter in the ring. What are you talking about, Ocho Cinco? You're a football player. These guys got to stop playing with these boxers. He got knocked on his face by that bare knuckle guy, and it was hilarious because you got to learn, man. You have to learn.
0: Yeah, and now we got Vitor Belfort who's getting involved as well. And so I I just want to say, no one is above this. It's not going away. CM Punk fought in the UFC. So the next time you hear someone from the UFC, you know, clown on this, remember that. Kimbo Slice was on The Ultimate Fighter and may he rest in peace and on CBS and all this stuff. No one is above this. No one is ever going to be above this. These fights sell. There will always be a market for it. And you, you just hope when they match them up that, you know, the skill level, the skill level is taken accounted for and, and no one's getting seriously hurt or, or you have a willing participant like Floyd Mayweather, who is willing to carry his opponent the way in which he did on Sunday night. DC, let's talk about our good friends over at DraftKings. And Master P played in the
1: NBA. Master P played in the NBA too. You got to remember, Master P played in the NBA. So this stuff happens all the time.
0: Yes. Although it was, uh, exhibition. It was preseason, but I get your point. Alas, we digress. We'll talk about Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. A real fight later in the program. But let us first say hello to our good friends over at DraftKings. Yes, DraftKings. We love DraftKings. And as you know, UFC 263 right around the corner. It is going down in five days. What a great card. Glendale. And as you know... DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is very easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Hey, download the DraftKings app right now, and you know what? Maybe this will change in the future, but not now. Use code ARIEL, that's A-R-I-E-L, for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. Again, that's code ARIEL, A R I L only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, DC. Let us now turn our attention over to UFC 263. It's going down in five days in Glendale. What a great card. The main card is fun. The undercard is fun. You got two title fights on the card, and let's start with the first one. Israel Adesanya against Marvin Vittori 2, coincidentally taking place in the same building. What are the chances that Izzy versus Vittori 2 would happen in the same building as Izzy Vittori 1 several years ago? Glendale, Arizona. They meet again this time for the middleweight title. And can I just say, I love everything about this feud. That split screen interview that happened on Saturday with Izzy and Vittori, and I'm actually a big fan of Marvin Vittori. The outfit like like the demeanor, like every it's just fun. The dynamic is fun. I don't know what the fight will turn into, but I am enjoying the final days leading up to this fight. I like what they have going. I like the heat between the two of them.
1: I love it. Helwani, I love it. Because you could tell that Marvin Vittori just annoys Israel and Asanya. He like annoys him he like he Marvin said, I can't stand you, Izzy goes, I hate you. Like these guys can't stand each other. But the funniest thing was. Izzy burps on the interview, and that was the thing that made Marvin the maddest out of everything. That was the one thing that really pissed him off was that Izzy burps right in front of him. But ultimately, it's a great fight. It was a good fight the first time. I called the first fight, and Vittori, for years, held on to the fact that he thought that I was too much in Edisonia's corner in regards to the commentary. He had a lot of success with his left hand. He had success with his takedowns, But over the course of the fight, it felt like Edesanya had done more. So to see a guy build his way back up from that to fight that same guy as the champion, tremendous. The story could not be written any better. I cannot wait to watch the fights this weekend.
0: And I love the fact that Bisping was the uh the traffic cop in that one of all people, like the hothead and Michael Bisping <laughs> having to be the mediator between those two guys. It was it was poetic in, in some respects. Let me ask you this, DC, because you were there, like you said for the first fight. Would you agree with me that, you know, skill for skill, Israel Adesanya is a better fighter than Marvin Vittori? Would you agree with that statement?
1: Uh I can't. I I understand that Izzy's a much better striker. He's got the championship-level experience, but it's hard for me to just say he's a much better mixed mixed martial artist skill-for-skill because Vittori has a lot of things that may not be as uh, developed in one regard that the other things that he does overall makes it better, right? His physical strength, his wrestling, because for it, Ed Asani is the better striker but Ed Asani is not the better wrestler I don't think Ed Asani is the better grappler so it's hard to say he's the better that's overall That's not what I was asking I
0: that's no, not just stand like my it just point. It I get just, that you're trying you're trying okay, to be so nice and you're trying to hedge Here's here's what no, I'm asking I'm saying, This is why I asked make that question a point. This yeah, is why I'm I'm trying to figure to it out Okay take it Okay I think that Izzy, skill for skill, is the better fighter. However, I do believe that a big part of the fight game, and you can obviously speak to this better than most, is confidence, right? When you believe in yourself, when your confidence is high, when you're on a winning streak, you're going into a fight, and and this applies to anything in life, and especially sports, you are able to sometimes rise to the occasion, and you are able to overachieve, if you will. And so why I bring this up is Marvin Vittori is on an impressive winning streak. Marvin Vittori has beaten some tough guys. Marvin Vittori believes in his heart that he beat Israel Adesanya and deserved to get that W. His confidence to me is at a very, very high level right now. On the flip side, you have Israel, who I think is the better fighter skill-wise. He's coming off a loss. He's never tasted defeat in MMA. And towards the end of that fight, like Jan kind of ran away with it. I know he didn't knock him out. And so why I bring this up is, is it possible that confidence is going to be a major key in this fight? Here's one guy who's feeling himself, who's on the winning streak against the guy who just lost, but of course didn't lose his belt. And in some like, I want to say very clearly, I'm not counting out Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori has a chance. Do not dismiss this guy because of the confidence, because of what he believes. And then I wonder, because this other guy is coming off a loss, it's very rare for a champion to be coming off a loss because usually your champion, you're coming off a loss. You lose the belt. In this case, he moved up. Is it possible that the fact that Izzy's coming off a loss actually helps the situation in terms of Vittori's chances in this fight? Do you get what I'm saying?
1: I do now. I do understand what you're saying now. I mean. I was just talking about individualized skills and departments. I I know what you're saying, but listen, Marvin's confidence is, 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 is sky high. But Israel Adesanya does never lack confidence. I think that he's one of those guys that can move past what happened in the Bohovich fight. But Marvin Vittori has the size and the ability to present some of the same issues for him. But I think what's being overlooked in Jan Bohovic is that not only did he beat Izzy with his wrestling, everybody's talking about those takedowns at the end of the fight, he was able to stand with Izzy for long periods of time and land shots more effectively in order to win close rounds. So Marvin's not only gonna have to take Izzy down, he's gonna have to hold him there, but he's also gonna be able to hold have to hold his own in the stand-up. Can he do that over the course of 17, 18, 19, 20 minutes if Edesanya is defending the takedowns as effectively as he did last time. Because Marvin did take him down, but Izzy was able to get back to his feet and defend on multiple occasions. It's a very difficult fight, but I do believe the confidence will help Vittori. The questions about losing your first fight will be on the mind of Edesanya, but I believe the champion is good enough and confident enough in order to kind of try and move past it and approach this fight in the way that he approached every other championship fight he's had?
0: I think that the fascinating thing about this fight to me is, is there a blueprint out now as to how to beat Israel Adesanya? And you just said, you know, the size and all this stuff. Is Vittori big enough, strong enough to do what Jan did against Izzy because now they're fighting at a similar weight? Or are we going to see, you know, with Izzy all fired up and doing less media leading up to this fight, like are we going to see a throwback to, quote-unquote, the old Izzy, the fired-up Izzy, the Izzy that we saw against Paolo Costa who goes in there to prove a point that he's levels above all the middleweights? And do we see a virtuoso performance? I can't wait to see. I'm all in on this main event. I'm very excited for it.
1: And one more thing, Ariel. Last fight against Pahovic in the Apex. Small octagon. Hmm. This time, out back in an arena, big octagon, will make those takedowns a little more difficult to really try and get from Marvin Vittori. Even against Kevin Holland in the apex, where he's able to take him down so much easier because the space was limited.
0: And, D.C., can we remind people about Davison Figueiredo, shortlist for oh. you know that fight against Brandon Moreno, fight of the year, my fighter of the year 2020. I mean, like, can we remind everyone about Figgy? I, f- I feel like people have forgotten about Davidson Figueredo. I mean, I feel like people have actually forgotten just how good this guy was last year, what he did for the flyweight division. He resurrected. It feels like it was 10 years ago now. This man resurrected the flyweight division, had that classic against Moreno, ends in a draw. Here they meet again. I feel like not enough people, and it's understandable. Izzy, Nathan Diaz returning. We'll get to that in a second. There's some big names on the card. Damian Maya, Blah Mohammed we're not talking enough about this fight. This is an incredible rematch of a fight that blew everyone's expectations out the window. And a fight that I think, if not for Zhang Lee versus and Andrzejczyk is the fight of the year in 2020. I can't wait for this fight. And I'm curious, this is the other part that we're not talking about. Remember DC, Figueiredo took that fight on like three weeks notice, had to cut weight quickly, had to come right back, all that stuff. And I, and I know Moreno as well. I know Moreno as well, but hey, like, that was a lot for that guy. He couldn't go home. Remember that? Like, I'm curious to see if he proves a point that, hey, that was all well and good on three weeks notice or whatever it was, two weeks notice. I mean, but uh, I'm the superior fighter here.
1: He stayed in Vegas after he had that beautiful performance against Perez. Moreno stayed uh, and trained as he had just won his fight the same night. So, the, so yeah, yeah Moreno he went, went he home. trained. But he Moreno was got able, home yeah, cooking. To Mexico. Yes, he went to Mexico. Yep. Sorry, he didn't stay. Went to Mexico. He was able to get right back, is what I was trying to say, into another fight after his performance over Roy Val. It all worked out perfectly, right? It was like storybook. But David Figueredo stayed in Vegas. Wasn't able to go home. Remember, he got the fifty thousand dollars cash. Everything was coming at him really fast. So it's easy to maybe start buying into the hype, drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I'm the man, right? I'm the man. I'm gonna run through this kid. Because I'm that guy. He was shown on that night that Brandon Moreno is as tough as they come. I think what happens is, though, we don't see rematches. And I have made this point before, Ariel, where the rematches don't generally live up to the first fight. If it can even become a fraction of what they did in the Apex at night, it's going to be a fantastic fight. I remember sitting there next to Rogan and Anik thinking, it feels like there are thousands of people in the Apex. Because people are going absolutely insane for a 125-pound fight, which is not something that you get a lot of. A lot of times, you know, for as good as DJ was, a lot of times the interest in the title fights wasn't as high as we all expected or thought it should be. But they get excited for Davis and Figueredo. And this is going to be a crazy fight. I almost cussed there. It's going to be a crazy fight. These two are in there because... Moreno is a a stud. He's as tough as they come. But Figgy, Figgy has got big power. And he says that he's going to make everything right this rematch. He's going to knock out Moreno.
0: Figgy, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. You know what also hypnotizes me? The hair. I don't know if you know this, DC. Former uh, hairstylist former sushi chef i always have trouble with sushi chef how many times yes 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 how many times can you make this
1: same point (laughs) of course the guy does hair sure ariel every time dude like you it's like you like him for his hair styling abilities more than anything else you keep saying the same thing like come on man don't use the same points don't do that again
0: (laughs) who wouldn't now what about the return of nathan diaz In a bizarre turn of events, the third-to-last fight on this card is, for some reason, a five-round fight. Nathan Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Does Nathan have a chance here? It feels like no one's giving Nathan a chance here, DC. Is that silly? Do you think he has a chance? I'm not asking for a prediction. I know you like to sit on the fence. You like to be friends with everyone. But does he have a chance against Leon Edwards? He
1: has a chance. Uh, It's very difficult, though. This is about as tough a fight as Nate Diaz could have taken. Nathan Diaz could have taken to come back. But it's five rounds because that's what Diaz probably wanted. Nathan wanted a longer fight because it gives him an opportunity to use his cardio as a weapon. But Rocky Leon, Leon Rocky Edwards is as good as they come. Now, what makes me worried for Diaz is that if you remember the, the Masvidal fight, yes, he got cut and the fight got stopped. Masvidal was really piecing him up, man. Let's just call a spade a spade. He was getting pieced up. And Leon Edwards, in my opinion, is a much better striker than uh, Masvidal because it's not just boxing. Masvidal is mostly boxing. Edwards can do it all. But Nate Diaz is an absolute star. He's a guy that you buy the tickets for. And this morning when I watched the countdown, it started with the uh, Vittori and Erasanya. And I'm not going to even lie to you. I tried to fast-forward all the way to the end to get to the Diaz part because that's what Nathan Diaz does, right? He's the guy that you want to watch. And I'm not going to lie, man. I didn't go through Figueredo and and, uh, Moreno. I didn't go through Edesanya Vittori first. I watched the Diaz-Edwards part first, and then came back and watched the rest because that's what you do when there's a star on the card at the level of Nathan Diaz.
0: Oh forget Star. I mean I think there are very few superstars in this game. He is a superstar. Uh, He is must see TV no matter who he's fighting, no matter where on the card. It's kind of crazy, like, to even see the tail of the tape there. Like, I can't even believe this fight is happening in five days because it just kind of came out of nowhere and they weren't on the same trajectory. And it's also kind of amazing that Nathan Diaz is the only unranked guy on the main card, and yet he actually could get a title shot if he wins this fight. That just speaks to how big of a star he is. Let me ask you about that five rounds, if I can. Does that change your opinion on the fight at all? Or is that just like, you know, is that just like a nice little detail? that we like to talk about like basically if this was a three-round fight as opposed to a five-round fight does anyone get an advantage that it's now a five-round fight as opposed to a three-round fight
1: i don't think so i think both of these guys are going to be in fantastic cardio shape i think leon edwards is is ready for a championship level fight you got to remember this is a guy that's won eight fights in a row and then has a no contest against bala muhammad where he looked fantastic in round one so um these guys will be in shape. Nate will try to use his cardio as a weapon as he does on many occasions, but he has to withstand the early portion of the fight. You know, all the scar tissue, all the damage he's taken. If he takes too much damage from Leon early, all that stuff will start to present itself again, and then the referees may have to make a decision as they did back in Madison Square Garden through the BMF title. All
0: right, so that's UFC 263. I mean, we could talk about this card for an hour in addition to those fights, Damian Maya, Bilal Muhammad, and what could be, could be, it hasn't been said for sure, but could be Damian Maya's last fight. Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood could very well be a number one contender fight. At the uh at the flyweight for the flyweight division. Movsar, Evelov uh, against Hakeem, Dawudu. I mean, there's a lot of go- Chase Hooper on the early prelims. There's a lot to like here. And uh I look forward to your call of the event this Saturday, DC, from uh Glenn. Oh, that's right. You're not gonna be there for this one, you told us already. My bad. My- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Boys got demoted. Did your boy get demoted? Help out? Did your boy
0: get hey, the movie? you and me I mean, both. You and me both, DC. I mean, <laughs> come on. Hey, now let's talk, if we can, for a few minutes on what happened around a week ago. Tyron Woodley, our guy T. Wood, the chosen one. T. Wood from Ferguson, Missouri. The University of Mizzou going up against Jake Paul. He got it, he got the fight. It looked like a long shot for a second. What started off as like a little thing in the locker room actually ended up in the fight. August 28th, Showtime pay-per-view. It's actually happening. What do you think? Is T-Wood going to get this done? What, what is your level of confidence leading up to this fight as Tyron Woodley is now stepping into a boxing ring at 39 years old? Here's the face-off. I mean, it was just quite the scene. You got the barstool guy there. I mean, what the heck is going on? T-Wood, our guy, what is your level of confidence as he goes up against Jake Paul?
1: I'm actually happy T-Wood's going to make a, a boatload of money to fight Jake Paul. And the world, Tyron Woodley should win this thing. No questions asked. In the world where Jake Paul has a Showtime deal and Showtime says that he can fight Tyron Woodley even though they're going to put a lot of money into this kid, I don't know why they make the fight. I think Tyron beats kid because Tyron's supposed to. I always, you know, when you're supposed to do something, Derek, if you beat the people you're supposed to, you win about 95% of the time. Tyrant's supposed to beat this kid that was on Disney. Will he do it? I mean, I sure hope so. We need our champion to go and do what he's supposed to do against this dude. For for, for Jake Paul, though, he's going to see in this one that it's much different than fighting Ben. Because Ben had no idea what he was doing out there. I mean, I watched Ben (laughs) ask. To go out there and, and Ben Astrid could have fought in front of your local 7-Eleven the way that he was out there standing with his hands down. Snoop said he's got a 1940s boxing style. He's like the fighting Irish. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the the logo of Notre Dame. This dude standing out there, don't know what he's doing, gets knocked out by 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 Logan Paul. And uh he he needs to he'll he'll know better when he fights Tyron that, that he's got in there in there with a real fighter. Or Jake Paul, sorry. Jake Paul. Okay, so.
0: Right, right, right. So can I ask you this? Do you agree, as we look at the tail of the tape right over here, do you agree that this is an appropriate step up for Jake Paul? In other words, should Jake Paul get some kind of credit? Because let's be honest, he can fight any, he could still make a boatload of money fighting a retired NHL player, basketball player, you know, another guy like, uh, the, the YouTube influencer that he, that he fought in his debut. Like he could continue to do that. But, Tyron Woodley at 39 and on a four-fight losing streak, given his history, given his resume, given his experience, is a very appropriate step up for a guy who's 3-0, limited experience in the ring, no amateur background. If you compare Tyron and his resume to the kind of guys that Floyd and Mike Tyson and any other great boxer fights in his fourth pro fight, this to me is actually a tougher test despite the fact that Tyron has never fought in a pro boxing match. Do you agree that this is an appropriate step up for Jake Paul?
1: I think it's actually too much of a step up, if I'm being honest. Like, like mm. you said, oh. guys. Like, when if you watch, if you watch, pro boxers at three and the people they fight are ridiculous. Watch ESPN Friday Night Fights. Some of these guys. Yeah. There was a guy out there boxing a, a year ago that looked like he had never put on gloves before, but he was fighting this good prospect who was like ten 0 So this is a massive step up. I get what they're doing though, right? They see Tyron has gotten knocked out. They see Tyron has had trouble pulling the trigger. So they're kind of hoping that that's the guy that shows up when Jake fights him. But T-Wood has to be ready for a real boxing match. I've told you time and time again, this kid believes that he can win. This kid is going to train and prepare himself in order to win that fight because he wants to stick it to people. He wants to stick it to the UFC. And if he can beat Tyron Woodley, if he can knock out Tyron Woodley, um, it's going to be all bad, man. It'll be all bad if T-Wood don't get it done. It's going to be all bad. It, you, like, all the way bad.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, you think they're insufferable by uh, claiming victory over Floyd Mayweather. I mean, just wait if he actually knocks out a former UFC champion. Now, DC, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you bring up a great point there regarding, you know, Tyron Woodley and the state of his career and everything like that. Here's the thing. I still feel like Tyron has some fight left in him. But here's, here's what... I want to ask you about, I hope, and I'll speak to Tyron, and I would say this to Tyron, bask in the glow of this fight after you get the W do it now. Don't surround yourself with opportunities and things that are going to come your way as a result of being involved in this fight. Lock yourself up. Go to Siberia. Get three or four coaches. Don't do any media. Get this W because Tyron Willey has a chance to right the wrong of the last four fights. Tyron Willey has a chance to become a darling in the MMA community. Let's be honest, it's been a contentious relationship over the years with the MMA fans. He has a chance. He has been given an opportunity that very few get and I just hope in the two and a half months left between now and the fight that he doesn't get engulfed in all the drama and all the stuff that comes along with this fight do that after the fight do that after the w because it will all be greater i just don't want like i see some of the stuff in the media like i don't want any of that don't buy into this do it after the fight and i hope he's listening and i feel like you feel the same way am i wrong
1: absolutely listen you know when kids have like a nervous thing like i'm doing my nervous thing right now i'm like rubbing my wrist like tyron please get the job done but look man We've seen that in, 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 in T. Wood, right? Like, he started, when he was the champ, he was hanging out with all the rappers, making music, and that's part of what his career is going to be. But like you said, man, lock in, T. Wood. Come to Oakland. Come to Oakland. There's fantastic boxing up in Oakland. If you're going to do a camp somewhere away from home, somewhere in California, don't go to L.A. You don't need to train at the Hollywood boxing gyms. Come to Oakland. Come and get, get gritty and grimy. Come in an area where all you can do is just trained so you can go and beat this kid the way that you're supposed to. Because Tyron Woodley is supposed to beat this kid. I, It would make people so happy to watch T-Wood knock this kid out or drag him into a point where the kid starts to fatigue and then you just kind of beat on him and break him. But if he doesn't take this mm. thing serious, this kid is going to find a way to win the fight and it will be the worst thing imaginable. Hats off to Jake Paul for fighting a guy like Tyron Woodley. Hats off to Showtime for saying, hey, we'll give you a deal, but you're going to fight real people. Showtime has a history with Tyron from Strike Force, right? So they know who Tyron Woodley is. Massive opportunity for T-Wood to make a bunch of money. It's a massive opportunity to really springboard all those other things, the rapping, the acting. He beats this kid. All that stuff goes to another level. So lock in, T. Wood. Get ready to win. Be serious, be focused, and go get this victory.
0: Yeah, I talked about writing a wrong. I mean, the last time Tyron Woodley fought on Showtime, he got knocked out by Nate Marquardt. So this is another opportunity to right a wrong, to come back to where, you know, his career really started and get a big victory. And you're right, you know, Jake Paul, yes, he's working in concert with Showtime, but let's be honest, he's getting to pick the opponent and he's picking Tyron because he has the name, he has the pedigree, he has the resume, the championships, but he thinks he's done. So Tyron has a massive opportunity. And he told me that he, you know, he's considering going out and training with Andre Ward. So maybe he's on the same page as you. He'll go out. And, and away from L.A. and go to Oakland. Andre Ward is, you know, the king of Oakland as far as boxing is concerned. There's uh, a lot of it to me. I, I got to say, it. first of all, I'm intrigued by this fight, and I can't believe that, you know, we spent 30 or so minutes on today's show, and it's appropriate, and we could have gone more. The two most talked about fighters in the world right now, DC, are Logan and Jake Paul. What the heck is going on? Hey, this, is this is crazy. Is this
1: on pay-per-view? <laughs> is this on Showtime pay-per-view yes. or just Showtime? Pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Oh my goodness! You're right. They're the most talked about <laughs> fighters in the world. That's so crazy. And if you, that dude actually was and if yelling, you don't like it, this dude was yelling. This dude was yelling. Oh my god! Thirty seconds for the rest of your life. Oh my goodness, Jake. My brother just beat Floyd Mayweather. Like this is the. It's crazy, man. It's bad. It's so bad. What's happening right now? It's so bad.
0: So bad. Listen, you don't have to like it. You don't have to root for it. But if you don't accept that fact that they are two of the most talked about, if not the most talked about, fighters. They're still colored sports athletes in the world. Canelo's still there.
1: Canelo's still there. Shut up. Canelo's still there. Don't you dare.
0: Two of. Uh, right now we are talking about them more than anyone it's a crazy thing with all that is going on in the uh, world Viva of combat Mexico, sports. Canelo,
1: Canelo, Canelo.
0: that's right yeah Canelo with the the face <laughs> palm anyway dc we're out of time the penultimate show in the books we got one more next week but again this isn't goodbye this is see you later, bro. This is see you later. I wish I could go over there and just be your kiss first you right guest on the show.
1: I'm going to be your first guest on your new show. I'm going show. I'm, I'm show number one. I'm on show <laughs> number
0: one. <laughs> Much love, DC. Much love to the production crew as well. UFC 263 this Saturday. Two title fights. It's going to be lit, baby. Back next week. same time and place. Peace. We're out of here.